All right. Hello and welcome. Uh, Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whenever you're listening, this is the Max Effort Kitchen podcast. I am your host, Chef Matt. And uh, let's see, let's get started. Episode number one. I uh, am sitting here in my little uh, podcast studio, kind of dumbfounded that I'm actually doing this. Um, So very excited to do this project. Um, I'm actually drinking a Sourhead Bang Energy Drink. Uh, Not necessarily my drink of choice, but it is my source of energy of choice right now. So um, it is a windy, semi-rainy, 57-degree evening here in the Pacific Northwest. Great October day. Uh, Just love this uh, time of year Uh, with all the ingredients we get to work with and all the flavors and, you know, the holidays and the cooking. I really have always thought of this as like the Super Bowl uh, of cooking or the that epic ending of of cooking and you just kind of bring your full entire a game and it's just uh it's such a good time it's also a good solid 10 to 15 pounds added to your weight so um, there's always that but it's much worth it very so very much worth it anyways uh like i said this is uh episode number one um, i'm going to use this a little bit more as an intro to what this podcast is, what Max Effort Kitchen is, what it means, what we're going to do, how to approach it, all that great stuff, and and just take some time to explain it. You know, I think that um, a lot of podcasts I listen to, I, it takes me a couple episodes to get into to really understand it, but I want to I be very transparent, just give you all that information. Um, so, you know, Max Effort Kitchen, what is it, right? Um, the best way to explain it is it's a project that is really focused around food, um, and the effect it has on the entirety of our life. Uh, we're going to get into some really cool discussions, you know, I'm going to have some really neat guests on and, you know, discussions like around food versus mental health and how, you know, different, um, people look at food and, and how they use it to either help their mental health or how it actually um, makes things worse and, you know, different ways to approach that. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about food and family. Um, that is something that got me in, excited about food in the beginning and in this industry and all that stuff and all the long standing traditions and, you know, the things your grandma used to make, or, you know, maybe the things you're, you grew up on and all the nostalgia of what you ate when you were a kid and, and why you like those things now. Um, I got some crazy ones. So just, uh, prepare yourself for that. Um, another side of things that we're going to do is we're going to really jump into, uh, the food and beverage industry. Uh, this is something that it, to me is a hot topic right now because we are in a very weird time, uh, very new. I almost call it ground level because as uh, a food and beverage uh, industry professional, we are seeing um, new procedures. We're seeing a new way to approach this industry. It's no longer what it used to be. 
and I think everybody knows what I'm talking about there. And, and uh, I think that in, you know, five to seven years, we're going to really see um, how this pans out. And I just think it's going to be something great. It really is. It's going to be uh, just something unlike it's ever been. And this industry is very resilient and it has a lot of resilient people. And uh, I'm excited about the guests that I have that are going to come on about that. Uh, food and health, you know, I'm, I got a couple doctors that we're going to bring on and we're going to talk to and, you know, talk about eating and talk about different recovery methods and what food does as far as uh, an athletic performance, you know, how it fuels your body. Um, I do co-host uh, a Max Effort Kitchen episode on weightlifting talk for all you uh, weightlifters out there. If you want to check that out, that's really driven towards how to eat for athletes. Um, and last but not least, we're also going to talk about food and the recipes and how to's and, you know, there's going to be some live videos on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. Uh, there's going to be a ton of stuff on social media. Uh, I'm really looking forward to at least sharing my vision and my mind and just opening up to everybody about, you know, all this crazy stuff that I think about daily. So just a cool platform to do that. Um, and you know, not only that, but just bring awareness to what food is and how it affects our life. Because I think food is really the foundation of human life, or at least it's one of the pillars. And you'll hear me talk about pillars a lot, uh, because I, I really focus on these different foundations that we stand on as humans and, and how we approach our day to day, because you know, that's what it's all about. And, and the older I get, the more philosophical I get. But, you know, I like that. I like to think. I like to talk about it and uh, love to debate. So there should be some spicy, spicy debates on here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I want to take an, a moment to really talk about and break down the Max Effort Kitchen name and what it means and how, how I came up with it and, and all that. Um, you know, Max Effort... Uh, is one of those terms, I guess it's, it's really used a lot in, um, you know, in athletics, right? Max out day. You're trying to lift as much as you can in one rep, or you're trying to do, you know, run, you know, the fastest 100 meter dash you can, you know, you're testing your training, but the way it's being used in, in, the, in my life and the way that I like to think of it is max effort is really it's a systematic approach that can be applied to any aspect of life and like i said there's that common misconception around it that it's like you got to push yourself as hard as you possibly can but that is not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is you're going to do what you can do you're going to put your max effort in on that day to day on that week to week month to month that full year to accomplish your goals to be the best you to put the best effort and ability in that you have so you know I'll, we'll translate that to um let's i don't know i'll translate that to uh, let's say weightlifting you know you'll hear me talk about that a lot i am a, a 
semi-competitive weightlifter. I love to do it. I love weightlifting. Um, it's just something I do in my hobby. Um, so, you know, on any given day, I can lift X amount of weight. Well, maybe, uh, you know, I had a stressful day at work or, you know, uh, I got a lot going on with the kids and picking them up and dropping them off and, you know, got to figure out, help figure out dinner and not, not completely abandon the family and, you know, do all that stuff. And I get out to the gym and I'm just like, I can lift maybe 75%. Well, that 75% was my max effort for that day. And it doesn't matter the numbers. It matters the fact that I walked my two feet out to the platform. I got my gear on. I put some music on and I lifted that barbell up. So we're, we're going to look at, at food and that same aspect as, as how we approach it. You know, um, wake up in the morning, you know, brew your coffee. Sit there and take a moment to, to listen to the coffee maker, to listen to all the noise that's making. Smell that fresh brewed coffee. You know, listen to the sound that it makes as you pour it into your cup. Add your creamer, add your sugar, however you ha- have it. I'm not here to judge on how you drink your coffee if you drink coffee. Um, but take the time to start your day off right. If it's coffee, if it's tea, if it's a brisk walk outside, do it, you know, take the time to take care of you. And food is going to help you do that because everything is generated around food. And what we, so we really want to take that max effort approach to the idea of how we approach food. Um, now, then that leads to us to the kitchen aspect. So we, we know what max effort means, or we at least we know what I'm calling max effort. Well, the kitchen aspect, I want to take a second and think about, you know, what's the most commonly used, most trafficked, most gathered spot in your house? It's the kitchen. A kitchen sells a house. Um, a kitchen, in my opinion, is probably the one of the most functional parts of a house that you can't really get away from it being not that spot, you know. Um, and you can make that debate for any any other room, I guess. Uh, the bathroom, you probably need that. You know, you need restrooms. You need bedrooms with beds. But uh, the kitchen brings a special element to a house it's it's where you gather you know it's where it's where your day starts most of your days start at least you know it's uh it's where the holidays where people are what's where smells these amazing smells come out of it's where the idea of life is beginning and i you know that may sound a little dramatic but like you know for example, when I'm in the kitchen and I'm working through a recipe and I'm building flavors and I'm tasting and I'm salting and I'm tasting again and stirring and, and just smelling and you know checking textures, the harmonious energy that is coming out of that kitchen is infectious. 
It really is. People walk in your house, you're gonna, they're going to smile. First thing they say is, oh, it smells good in here. What is going on? You know, that's the first thing. And that, to me, uh, it, it brings a big value to life. Um, you know, because, again, it's all about that start. It's starting your day. It's starting the interaction with family, with loved ones, with friends. Um, you know, everything is focused around food and how it really uh, starts to build who we are. It helps build our moral compass. It helps understand like how we get through our day. You know, I mean, how many people can you name that start their day, get to the work, get to the office or whatever, 10 o'clock hits and you're like, man, I can't wait for lunch. And then when you go to lunch, you know, whether you're in an office, whether you're in, you know, in the field or whatever, what do you do? You sit down with your coworkers or, you know, maybe you're FaceTiming your, your spouse or, or something, but you generally don't eat alone. You sit down and you gather and you share and you experience and you bond and create these amazing like conversations. It's just, it's really something that I think that a lot of people take for granted, but um, it's a place of happiness. It really is. The kitchen is a place of happiness. And I can't tell you how many uh, traditions and family bonding times and and uh, really just happy memories I've had in the kitchen. And I just really want to share that with you guys. I want to share that with everybody here. I want to make sure and answer questions and have, you know, debated conversations about, you know, why we should use salt or versus why we shouldn't use salt. You know, so there's there's a lot of um, a lot of good stuff that's going to come out of this podcast and. And uh, all I'm asking is that you just be open, be open to listen. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, this is always going to be a place of non-judgment, and it's always going to be a place with no agenda except for really the agenda is to uh, give you some knowledge, you know, let you walk away with, with a nugget of knowledge. So, you know, to round off, like this conversation about what max effort kitchen means. Um, it's really an approach to, uh, food and life and how those two, uh, combine to be harmonious. Um, like I said, we're going to hear some amazing stories and we're going to, uh, get into some, some fun conversations, but, um, let's, uh, take a moment and I will, uh, give you a little breakdown of who uh, Chef Matt is, who I am. Um, I don't like to talk too much about myself on this because that's not what this is about. This is going to be about uh, the community because Max Effort Kitchen is a community. But it's always good to know your host. And, uh, you know, I come from a long line of not much. (laughs) No, that's that's not true. Um, But... You know, I I grew up in a, you know, your typical family, four kids, you know, 
happy parents until they're not. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they divorced when I was nine and, you know, there was a bunch of back and forth and all that stuff, you know, pretty, pretty typical eighties family. Um, you know, and then I, I got to a place of, of stability in roughly around 14 or 15 and, and started, uh, jumping into sports and, you know, sports really changed my life. It changed my work ethic. It it taught me so much about the do's and the don'ts of just life and how to react and how to react quickly. And, and uh, I excelled, you know, I excelled a little bit. I had some fun with it, played some junior college football. Um, that was, you know, that was a good experience. Again, another life experience, uh, you know, and from there, I, I just started really grasping like, what do I want to do when I get older? What? And this is me at 20 years saying when I get older, um, because, you know, one thing about uh, me is I really, I don't, uh, think that coming out of high school, we are ready to, uh, take on the world. At least I wasn't, I was still pretty immature. Um, you know, I was going after the, the girls and, and the sports and all the, the fun things to do. I wasn't, I didn't know what it meant to really put the hard work in and, and what it meant to, uh, take care of, uh, your house first and then move forward. But, uh, so, you know, I went through some fun and interesting times, uh, in my twenties and, you know, I'll get into that, uh, during other conversations because we have some guests on that I'm going to have that, uh, knew me back then. And so that'll be, uh, that'll be a fun insight. And, but I was much different. Um, but I, I will say in my twenties, it brought me to cooking, um, based off the of necessity. Uh, I can remember an experience pretty, pretty vividly about when, uh, I was living in Eugene, Oregon and, uh, you know, I had a roommate, uh, maybe two roommates. And I think my girlfriend was haphazardly living with us at the time. And, and, and she, that and my then girlfriend, let me just say that. Uh, so, you know, I didn't have a job. None of us, none of us worked, you know, it was all about, you know, go who, what club you were going to. And, and I know what you're thinking what club in Eugene, like there was one club to go to. Um, but you know, it, or if it was what part house party you were going to or whatever, you know, who you were hanging out with. Um, and we just, we kind of got around by like, you know, the seat of our pants and, and it was just, wasn't a good time, but there was a moment where my roommate came home and he'd spend the weekend with his parents and, you know, he came home and he had this big bag of, Ziploc bag and it was like looked like flour. Well, I was like, "What do you got there?" And he goes, "Oh, my mom gave me a bag of masa." <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, masa is what tortillas. It's it's a it's the, a corn flour that tortillas is made out of. And so I'm like, I didn't know what masa was at that time. And I'm like, well, what do you do with it? And he's like, "Oh, you make tortilla chips." <laughs> so we got into the kitchen and we started just mixing water with it and you know, like cooking it in a frying pan. And we're just like, what is this? And, you know, over time we started making some things and it, and things started like working out. And, and so I was like, Oh, cool. Um, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy what I can with, you know, the five bucks I had. And I bought a case of like top ramen. 
and uh you know get home and all right let's let's do something fun with this top ramen uh let's put some hot sauce in there so we put hot sauce in there and you know that started like whoa that's interesting no let's put some ranch dressing in there don't ever recommend doing that by the way (laughs) that is yeah we won't go there just don't do it um now you could try it but if uh if you uh have any adverse reactions do not come to me so you know it was ranch it was hot sauce i will say the best was parmesan cheese then i started taking the water out after i boil the noodles and frying them up and throwing something else in there you know and i and I just remember like this happiness, this feeling of like, oh, I, there, there's a purpose here of why I am doing this and I, I'm getting excited. Uh, then I go to mac and cheese. And if you're seeing a trend here, you're, you're probably noticing that like, well, he's, he's buying all the food that he can afford, you know, and at that time not having a job, you know, giving plasma for money. That and, and that's that's no joke. Giving plasma, you get sixty bucks, you know. So, and that sixty bucks would last me like you know two weeks, and um, nothing you know I'm proud of. But I gotta say, you know, it it, it built the uh, the person I am now. And the reason why I say that is because I'm so fearful of going back to that. But I always like to try to really look at the silver lining of you know, what I grabbed out of that moment in time. And that silver lining is the idea that like, I just stumbled upon something, um, not really looking for it, not doing anything, but I stumbled upon it. And it, it said here, take me and run with me, you know, do something with me. You, you're, it's bringing you happiness. It's making, you're coming back. You keep coming back. So that, that says something. So, um, and over, you know, over the next couple of years, I, I started really, you know, cooking for myself. I, I got a job, <laughs> first uh, restaurant job. I think it was 21, 20 or 21. Yeah. And, uh, it was at the Olive Garden down there in Eugene. And, <laughs> and that was, that was an interesting, um, interesting job. Very, uh, very clicky place to work. Um, I don't know if it's like that anymore, but back then, you know, there was this idea of like, they they called it the OG crew and like everybody knew who they were. You know, Eugene's one of those, those towns that like, uh, you know, it's big enough. It is a college town, but you still know everybody. And if anybody is listening from Eugene, no harm, no foul. I am not talking bad on that city. You know, there are a lot of good things came out of that place. So I digress. Um, I, so, you know, got that job at Olive Garden and I've told this story before, but I got to tell it again. Like I got a job as a busser and, uh, I, if any of you have ever been a busser, you know, it's, it's pretty mindless work. You go, you clean the table, you get it quick, quickly done. The faster you get it done, the better your server will tip you at the end of the night, right? Cause you're keeping them turning tables. So, you know, I got into it, uh, pretty good. I, I started looking at it as like, Oh, this is a sport to me. I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to get, you know, a table cleaned 
And, and while I'm cleaning this table, I'm going to start bussing the other table or pre-bussing the other table. And then I, while I'm doing that, I'm going to take stuff back to the dish pit. So I started developing these systems and these procedures and like, oh man, I love this. Well, um, apparently I was the only one that thought I was doing a good job because um, at the time, which I thought was a promotion, but uh, I come to find out it wasn't, but I, uh, my boss pulled me in the office about three weeks in and said, Hey, I think we're going to put you in the dish pit. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, like bright eyed, like, really? This is awesome. And I remember the look he gave me. I'll never forget like this look of, of like, this kid is stoned out of his mind or I don't know what's going on with him. Um, because I was excited. I was like, sweet. I get back into the kitchen because, you know, as a busser, you come back in there, you know, you maybe, maybe help make some salads or, you know, get some breadsticks for, for some tables, but you're not really back there very much besides to, uh, really, you know, drop the stuff at the bus station and leave. So I was like, Oh man, I get to see what actually goes on back here because, you know, if anybody ever worked at a restaurant, your your first experience in that kitchen is it's pretty eye opening. You know, there's it's intense, people are yelling, you're slamming dishes around, you know, you got the head chef dropping F bombs left and right and get the food out, the servers hate the, the kitchen and the kitchen hates the servers and you know <laughs> It's a whole game and and it can be intimidating. And I was, but I was like, let's do this. I want to see what's going on back here. So for the next year or so, I I worked back there and, and, uh, they, you know, typically in most restaurants I've worked in at least, uh, you know, the dishwasher also kind of doubles as as a prep person and food prep. And so I was, you know, cleaning shrimp and, you know, gathering ingredients for, uh, the uh, free, you know, for the Alfredo sauce or, you know, helping defrost the, uh, the breadsticks. Uh, and you didn't hear that from me. Uh, but anyways, you know, I, I found value in it and I loved it. And it was really my first exposure to a professional kitchen. So you, you can kind of see where this journey has started and where it's going. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I remember uh, my, my dad lived in Portland at the time and him and my brother had come down to see me and they had lunch at, at, the, at the Olive Garden and I came out and I was all excited and they're like, hey, I was like, so how's it going? And, I, and I'm just like, I wouldn't shut up. I, I, thought, I thought I was Mr. Success over here. Like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm cooking, you know, I'm helping them and, and all this stuff. And, and, you know, I remember like, you know, it was just like such a proud moment for me. I look back at it now and I think, wow, that, you know, that was a good moment in my life because I was starting to understand like, what this idea of hard work is and, and what this industry can bring and all the, all the fun people you meet and, you know, the social aspect of it. And wow, I was really being accepted. That's what it's all about, right? Acceptance, you know, in life we run through this, this gauntlet of like, who's going to accept me and who's not. And so, acceptance is, is just, it was something that I was like, this is great. Um, well, it came a time when, uh, you know, I, I started working at another job and it was in retail. It was just to like grab some money. But, um, my dad had said something to me and, 
and uh, at one point, and you know, he knew he knew what I was doing, and I was I was down Eugene, I was partying, I was, you know, all kinds of of drug use and whatever, um, you know, nothing that uh, I'm ashamed about talking about, but it, it we'll get into that on a, on another podcast. But um, at one point, he looked at me at that lunch and he said, "Listen, you ever want to come to Portland? I'm a phone call away." And uh, well, it came down to it one morning. I woke up and I had people sleeping next to me and, you know, it was sleeping is probably a loose term, but it was, uh, you know, a night of, of cocaine use and, and, you know, just a, just a real not so great night and drinking and drugs. And, and, uh, I just had this epiphany and I called him up and I said, I'm ready. And, uh, he was down to Eugene in about three hours and we packed up the two garbage bags of clothes I had and drove to Portland. Um, I haven't looked back since gotta be honest. Uh, I moved in with my older brother at the time. Um, and I remember you know, the only thing that was said on that drive was, uh, this isn't going to be easy for you. I'm not here to lend you money. I'm not here to support you because you are an adult. Um, so uh, I get up to Portland and, you know, random, random fun here and there, but working at Foot Locker and the Lloyd Center, if anybody you know uh, what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, started working through there, got a restaurant job, worked at a couple different restaurants, started working at, you know, tennis club, managing and, you know, managing their, their food and beverage program, you know, picking up catering jobs, working two jobs here, you know, doing temporary like seasonal jobs at the, at the Moda Center and just like blossoming in this industry, right? grabbing all the knowledge. I was just a sponge. I was soaking it up. And, and I was all by myself except for, you know, some family. And, uh, you know, I, I made some friends, but you know, I'm such a, I'm, I'm a pretty introverted guy. And, and so making friends is, is, uh, you know, if you've ever met a, an introvert, um, if there's, there's a, an aspect of superficial, you know, spiel that you put on in front of people and and uh it takes a time it takes time to really open up and be yourself in front of people you know so and that was me you know I was coming from a, a spot in Eugene and where I was uh looked at as as doing you know not great things and partying too much and blah 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 you know your 20s everybody's like that but I have a, had a very shameful approach to it so anyways you know I'm I'm up here in Portland and I'm, I'm working, you know, my butt off, just gaining all the experience, trying to, uh, really pick people's brain and, and just align myself with the right people. And I did. Um, and, uh, you know, I think at the time, uh, you know, I had met my now wife of 15 years. Yeah. 15 years. We're going on 15 years. Um, but, uh, I had met her and she had moved in and, you know, it just got to a point where like, okay, time to look for a big boy job, time to look for a career. And, 
uh, started working at in hotels and uh, food and beverage manager at Marriott. Worked there for four years, and, and that was a really great place. And I'll tell you, that was I met some super amazing people. The staff, my staff was 98% uh, Haitian and 1% or 2% African. And I'll tell you, there, nobody has a work ethic like, like they did. This, this team was unstoppable. I mean, they, they could do this in their sleep. Um, they could work, you know, they would come in to work at 4 in the morning, and they would leave at like noon and go to their other job and work at their other job till nine o'clock at night, sleep, and then come back at four in the morning. And I'm telling you, this is a daily routine. These people, uh, they know a different life. They, they know a different way of life. They work to provide for their family. And there's just something that I grasped. I really just like grasped onto them. And I, and I still talk to some of them. And, uh, it's, they're just, they were such amazing people. And they, again, they brought me into their world and they accepted me. So we're starting to see a trend here. So, you know, food and beverage manager and, uh, you know, got married and all that while I was there. And that was, you know, that was fun. And, uh, yeah, came to a point where, uh, right after our marriage, you know, my, my wife got pregnant and we had our first daughter. Um, well, you know, um, first daughter came, came about and literally the, the best friend of you know, sparkling in my eye, like everything you can say, right. Um, I love this little girl. And, uh, those of you who know Maddie know that, uh, she walks into her room and her smile just affects everybody. Um, but she was uh, diagnosed with a chromosomal uh, chromosome defect called Kabuki syndrome. Um, again, that's another podcast and we'll get into what that is, you know, when we talk about like the mental health and stuff. But, uh, you know, my wife and I looked at each other and we said, Hey, you know, we're both, you know, full-time working parents now, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to, we're going to put this child in daycare and, and neither one of us felt good about that. So, we took uh, some hard looks at our financial and we said, you know what? Um, uh, after you get done with your, your maternity leave, uh, I'll quit my job and I'll stay at home. Uh, and so that's what we did. You know, she worked uh, nine to five and uh, I quit my job. I became a stay at home dad. And to this day, it uh, is something that I will never forget. And, was one of the best decisions I had ever made in my life. Um, and I, I recommend that if anybody out there has the opportunity to be a stay-at-home parent in, at any point in their child's life, uh, do it. Because the, the value and the connection you get with your child is unmatched, completely unmatched. You, you'll never get that kind of time back. And, you know, time is valuable in this life. So, Anyways, we, uh, we jumped into that and, and about three months went by and I was like, you know, I think, I think we could be more efficient. And if, you know, if you know my wife, when I look at her and I say, I think we can be more efficient, uh, her mind starts to explode because she knows where I'm going. She knows that I'm going to a spot of like, oh, we're, we're going to add something else to this, this mix. Um, and that, that we did, you know, uh, I, 
enrolled myself into culinary school, the Oregon Culinary Institute, uh, RIP. It's no longer available uh, or a part of uh, Portland anymore, although it was, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best schools in the Northwest. Uh, the amount of knowledge and people that filled that school, uh, you, you just don't get it at a Le Cordon Bleu. And, and, you know, no, no bad talk on Le Cordon Bleu or, you know, any of the other big schools, but there was something really authentic about this school. And, and I have chef instructors I still talk to that are actually, I don't even call them chef instructors. They're my friends. Um, they're people that we bounce ideas off. They're people that, you know, like if I need something, they scratch my back and I scratch theirs. And it's, you know, culinary school, a lot of, there's so many misconceptions with the kids that come out of culinary school. And some of them are true. You know, they come out and they're like, okay, I'm going to be a chef, you know, graduating day. All right, I'm going to be a chef and uh, go to the interview and you're doing dishes. And you're like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I just went to school for. But uh, at the end of the day, it is. It's absolutely what you went to school for. You went to school to get a foundation. You went to school to meet people and show people that have been in this industry for 10, 12, 20, whatever plus years that you are willing to work your way up just like they did because that is what this industry is. You work your way up. You start at the dishwasher. I don't care what job I've ever had. I have started at the dishwasher. Taking over as a GM of a restaurant, my first, you know, first three or four days, guess what I'm doing? Washing dishes in the middle of the rush. Obviously still getting my other part of the job done, but that is the essential of getting into a restaurant and learning your restaurant. Start at the dishes. You will not find an experience more valuable when you're getting into a new business or a new restaurant than doing that. Not only are you going to learn where everything goes, you're going to prove to your staff that you have the work ethic. You are going to show them that you can get dirty. It is just, I mean, there's some, I could sit here and name a million different aspects of that that make it so valuable, but, um, it is. So anyways, you know, culinary school, meeting amazing people, making connections, uh, you know, uh, God, it was a 16 month program really accelerated. I mean, it was like 40 hours a week. Uh, we went through everything and anything and everything from, you know, the fundamentals to baking to, uh, mixology, um, you know, the cultures of food, the, all, all the, the gross side of the industry, you know, I mean, we did everything, uh, wine tasting. Oh man. I, I tasted every region of wine for a solid I think six weeks and best class ever. <laughs> um, but no, that aside, like, you know, culinary school was great. And, you know, so I was a, a stay at home dad and, and at, by day and then you know my wife would come home we would have roughly an hour to say hi bye and it was off to school and I didn't get off school until you know 10 o'clock got home at 10 o'clock you know and my wife's getting ready to go to bed and guess who's wide awake good old Maddie 
you know, so I'm staying up doing my homework every two hours waking up. And, you know, we did this and this is what it was about. And this goes exactly to what I was saying um, in the aspect of uh, working in the dish pit is that, you know, it, it's putting in that hard work to get what you want. And that's, you know, what this industry has really taught me. And so, uh, you know, did that for the 16 months, uh, graduated with honors, whatever that means. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I just did what I love to do and I, and I, and I had fun doing it. And so, uh, graduated, but, uh, you know, graduated right into a general manager position of a restaurant, um, started running the flagship restaurant here in Portland and it was off to the races from there. Uh, we're in, you know, from there I went to a big corporation call and then, from that corporation, I found uh, what I like to refer as my forever job. Um, you know, you hear people talk about uh, their forever home. And <laughs> uh, I, I found my forever home in this industry. Um, the people I work with are, they're my family. Uh, I love them to death. Uh, they've been there through the thick and the thin uh, they've pushed me, they've challenged me, they've irritated the shit out of me, but I'm sure I've done the same to them. Um, but that's what a family does. And uh, if any of you are listening out there, I love you to death. And uh, this is my home, and that's my home. Uh, and uh, uh, that's one thing about me is that uh, nobody nobody gets away with not knowing how I feel and about things. And, you know, I'm pretty, pretty open about that and pretty transparent. I like to express emotions. I'm a passionate person and you're going to hear that in this podcast. You're going to hear my passion. Um, I, I like to dig in. I like to get messy. I like to bring up the hard topics. I like to question the hard topics, keeping an open mind and having this idea that like we can, explore so many different aspects of what food is is such a great opportunity so i you know that's what this project is about and i'm so excited and i'm so uh ready to do this um it took a long time for me to say that but i've been really wanting to do this uh and uh yeah here we go um thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I'm so excited about this journey. I'm so excited to dive into this. I'm, I'm excited to have you all come with me and, and, um, build this community of what Max Effort Kitchen is. Uh, we're going to have some really great, uh, guests coming up. I got some really cool interviews coming in the next, uh, couple weeks. Um, it's just some great stories of people I've met along the way. Uh, do not forget to subscribe to this show. Um, because that way you will get the notifications of when I'm going. There are going to be times I will do live shows, jump on the chat board. You know, you can be a part of the show, talking, making comments, all that stuff. Um, also, give me a follow at MaxEffort underscore kitchen at Instagram. And I do have a YouTube channel. It's Max Effort Kitchen. Uh, on YouTube, and I will say that it's a little hard to find, so the best way to find it is to go to my Instagram, give me a follow, 
the link is in my bio and then you can check that out. I got some cool recipes on there already. Um, I think I did a four part recipe on pizza dough and making your own homemade pizza. We got baked ziti on there. I've talked about how to make steaks. Um, there's some, you know, little fun little recipes, some quick stuff you can do at home with the kids. Uh, just a really good time. So, like I said, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for this opportunity. And always remember, uh, food is love. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right.